Good evening. Today's daf is daf yodalid, page fourteen. Hey, the Gemara's Baba Kama, and we are on daf yodalid. We're on daf yodalid. We're up to one, two, three, four, five, six lines from the top of the Amud. We're up to the word ini. Ini. What does ini remind you of? Beautiful, right? Or Motcha was an ish yamini. But either way, <laughs> either is ini yamini mani mo or ini. All right, here we go. So uh, the sixth line from the top of Yudalid, Ini. What's going on? Let's remind ourselves, get our heads back in the space of the Gemara. So our Gemara said, when are you obligated when your animal damages? When it damages somebody else's field. Okay? Goes into somebody else's field and it damages. Says the Gemara, this excludes a field that's owned by partners. Each partner has a privately owned ox. Or one partner has an ox, the other partner has other stuff in their field. Me and Matis are partners. My ox breaks his stuff in our jointly owned field. The Gemara had said, I'm not obligated. Because it's not considered to be a stay acher. It's not considered to be a field of another person. Because I also own the field. You're only obligated when my ox gores and damages in somebody else's field. Where my ox doesn't belong. But if my ox belongs here, even if he's breaking something that's not his, that, the Gemara had said he's not obligated. And we're going to challenge that. We're going to challenge that now. So here we go. Says Gemara Ini. It's not true. It's not true that if my ox damages Bederech Shein Varegal, where it eats his tomatoes in our jointly owned property, or it's walking and it damages, that it's Pater. He said explicitly when you have partners owning something, either a field or a hotel, a Punduk is like an, is like a, an inn, and my thing damages in a way of Shane and Rego, somebody else's ox or somebody else's property, I'm going to be chayv. So what is it? My potter, like we said before, am I not obligated because it's not called somebody else's field? Or is it called somebody else's field because it's not my thing? Amr Lachar Blaz is going to say, but it's not a logical question. I'll tell you why. Mestisa me like pligi. I'll tell you why it's not a, it's not a, a disproof. You know why? Because there's something called machloket. You ever heard of that? Of course we heard of it. We're Jews. Yeah? And Jews have good machleksin, not bad machleksin. Yeah? Bad machleksin is when you're getting a machleksin with somebody else. A good machleksin is when you're trying to debate in order to come down to the Yemes. She so says there's a machleksin amongst the Brises. The Tani Lunter Brises. But Tani Lunter Brises are both. Lalois, Hayareb Shimon, Menelaz, Raymer, Benizakin, Goshurishos, Nizik, Velay, Lamazik, Hayavakol. Rule number one. Anytime there's permission. For the victimized party to be there. But the damaging party had no rights to be there. So then the damaging party is completely obligated. That's rule number one. Alright? I am renting a, a house. Somebody else comes into my house and breaks my stuff. What are you doing there? You have to pay. Clear. Rule number two. The mazik, mazik, what happens if there was permission for the damager to be there? But no permission for the damagee to be there. I sneak into somebody else's yard and I get hurt. What's the halacha? Lezeb pater bakol. The damager is completely off the hook. You trespass, you didn't belong there. I'm not obligated if you slip and hurt yourself. Okay? Lezeb and lezeb. Rule number three. What happens if both the damager and the damagee were permitted to be there. Kegon, for example, Chatzar Ashutvin, 
a yard owned by partners, Vahabika, or a valley, which is an ownerless field. Yeah, it's public. We're both allowed to be in this park. There's no issue. And, uh, you know, our, our, uh, you, uh, your ox ends up breaking my thing. You had a right to be there. I had a right to be there. Potter bala, shame bala rego. So then if it's done, but the, if it falls under the parameters of Shane Varego, which is, again, Shane is done for the purpose of benefit, there's pleasure, or in a way of Rego, normal happenstance, then you're putter. You're off the hook. Why? Very simple. By me going to the park, when I know that you're allowed to be there or your stuff in the park, I know stuff can happen. Isn't it? I know stuff can happen. And that's expected. It's expected. The park is a, is a... An open area. You both have rights to be there. Okay. I'm saying it's open, it's free, it's not. That's right. It doesn't belong to anybody. Yeah, not 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 a private, uh, not a private park. It's just a rabbi, a public place. So I'm, so, so I'm there first. Doesn't matter. Okay. You're you're going for a walk in the park, okay. and you're um, you're uh, sitting on your bike in the park. I uh, I walk by, and I trip over the tire of your bike. Did you have a right to be there? Yeah. Did I have a right to be there? Yeah. Since it was, the damage was done in a normal way, you're not obligated. Because by me going to a park, I know that things can happen. So as long as it falls under the parameters of Shane and Regal, your damage falls under the parameters of Shane and Regal, you're going to be off the hook. This is a normal, regular thing that happens. But what happens if we both have permission to be in the park, but your ox or your property damages my property in a way of Karen? For example, it's intentional. Intentional. Just because you're both allowed to be there, you can't intentionally... Well, if I have my dog with right. me... Right. And then my... Uh, my dog's going wild. Uh, right. Says the Gemara. Ala negicha, what about goring, negifa, pushing, neshicha, biting, revitza, crouching, valabita, and kicking. Then tam v'shalim chas nezik, boom v'shalim nezik shalim. If it's a tam, you've got to pay half damages. And what, you've got to pay full damage. It means you're going to be obligated. If your animal damages somebody else's thing in a public park. Why? I had a right to be there, I know, but so did he. And there's no reason for him to expect something like that to happen. It's unusual. It's not Shane and Rego. So you've got to be obligated. Okay, that's rule number three. Again, rule number one is if there's right, follow. It's very simple, but just rule number one. If there was rights for the damager to be there without the damagee, the damager does not need to pay. The victim shouldn't be there. If there was rights for the victim to be there and the, there was no right for the damager to be there, the damager, of course, is obligated to pay full. Rule number three. If they both have permission to be there, so then if it happens in a way of Shane and Regal, the damager is putter. Because the damagee, you have to know, there's, this is normal. There's people walking around. There's animals walking around. But if you get hurt in a way of Karen, which there's intent behind it, my animal goes and just goes wild and starts kicking and pushing or whatever. So then I'm going to be obligated the same way I'm obligated on my regular animal. Rule number four. Layla zeva layla What happens if it's a type of place that both of them had no rights being? Private property, I'm trespassing, he's trespassing, nobody has a right to be here. Like a courtyard doesn't belong to either of them. You're going to be obligated on chain and regal. We both have no rights to be there. I am obligated to pay. You're obligated to pay. The damager, 
the damager is obligated to pay like a usual circumstance. Okay? So if his damaging animal is a tam, you're going to pay half damage. If his damaging animal is a muad, you're going to have to pay full damage. If it's the type of thing that you always pay full damage on, you'll pay full damage. You can't tell the victim, what are you doing here? When the victim can say back to you, what are you doing here? Now, Katani Mias, the bottom line is we said, Chatzar Ashutzim Vabika, if you have a land that belongs to partners or a valley, it's an open Hefker place, Potterbal Shein Balaregal, you're not obligated on Shein Balaregal, so Kashra Dadi. The two prices seem to be a contradiction. And this is basically the comeback, right? We had a question. Our question was, I, how can you argue in a Brisa? What do you, you know, uh, who are you to do that? Comes along Rebbe Lotus says, I have my own Brysa backing me up. Got, it's not a problem. It's a contradiction in Brysas. Kitanyahi says the Gemara, well, I'll tell you why maybe these Brysas are not necessarily a contradiction on each other. Because when was that Brysa taught? A courtyard that was set aside for all purposes. Oxen are allowed to be there. Fruits are allowed to be there. Hahi the Rev Yosef and this other price is taught by Reb Yosef the Chotzim Yichadus Leperes Sitnu Yichadus Leshvarim in a courtyard that's set aside for fruit and it's not set aside for oxen the Lagabi Shein Havalei Chatzor and Nizik as far as Shein is concerned it's to be considered the courtyard of the Nizik and that's why he's going to be obligated. The Kanami you could imply this is true as well. The Ktani Hachadumi the Pundik we said a, a, a field or or a hotel or an inn. The Ktani Hasham Dumi the Bika. Shmamina, you learn from here that this is the difference. Let's pause and explain this outside. This is a beautiful, beautiful svara, beautiful logic. You got to listen to these cases and mamas learn so much about life. So much about life and how to think and how to make discrepancies and how to understand nuances like this. Until now we've been saying, well, it, does the damaging party have a right to be there? Does the victim's party have a right to be there? Let's see. Very logical. Now the Gemara is making us think a, a little further, unwrapping another layer. It says more like this. We'll go back to examples we've given previously. If you invite me into your house, say, Tendler, come over. I walk into your house. Excuse me for a second. Come into your house, say, have a seat. I sit down in your house. I'm like, hey, how's it go? What are you going to say to me? Get your feet off my table. Excuse me. Like, what do you mean? You invited me in. Yeah. For a Shabbosuda. Put your feet, put your smelly feet on your own table. Don't put it on my table. Right? Says the Gemara, beautiful. You can make a difference between the Nizik and Mazik to be there. But what if you have a field where the victim party had the right, I, 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 allowed you to bring your fruits into my field. I didn't necessarily allow you to bring your ox into my field. You, you can unwrap another layer. Right now we've been saying, well, did the victim have a right to be there? Did the damaging bar have a right to be there? Says Gemara, what you also need to understand is, what rights did you have to be there? You can't just come in and put your feet on somebody's table. What right were you given to be in that location? So says the Gemara like this. I'm going back a little bit, but to explain, what the Gemara says is like this. If you have a chatzar, a courtyard, that everything is fit to go into, okay, that's understandable. But Rabbi Yosef is dealing with a case with a courtyard that they both have rights to leave fruit there. But does that allow you to have your... If everybody has right... It's public. Uh, money does everybody have rights. 
The shul has a slushy machine. Yeah. When the doors open, people know they can go take. Yeah. Okay? I have a type of yard. It's wonderful. The sun is always shining on it. I let people come and dry their fruits in my backyard. It's a great location. It's a great location. It just works out well for people. Gesinta height. Come in. Does that mean you could be doing other things in my backyard? No. But if I know everybody in the community has a right to come hang out in my backyard. They sit on the couch. They have a couple of the... There's rights for specific things, not necessarily rights for everything. So when do we say Shane is going to be obligated in a, in a courtyard where both of them have a right to be there? That's when they both had rights for fruits. And now you bring your oxen and it damages in a way of, of a Shane, in a way of pleasure where, it's bene- where the animal's benefiting. There you're going to be obligated because the damager had no right to bring your ox into that property. What do you mean? Are you told me? I said you could bring your fruit. I didn't say you could bring your ox. I said, you come to eat. Don't put your feet on the table. And that's another, uh, th- that's um, a-, a possible answer of, of uh, the Gemara, why the Bryces are not necessarily arguing. Again, why they're not necessarily arguing. You have to know what it means they had a right to be there. One Bryce means you have a right for everything. Other Bryces maybe means you have a right for specific things. It doesn't mean you can bring whatever you want. Is that what, is that what we call a definition of terms? Could be. Mm-hmm. Could be. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> You just remind me of a marriage joke they say. They say marriage is like reading terms and conditions. When your wife gets upset, you just wait till she's done and you click, I agree. And that's it. I don't really understand the whole thing. It is, I agree. I can't read all the terms and conditions right now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Fine. Says the Kamara fighter. Maskevla Rabzeira. Rabzeira asked a challenging question. Since the, since the yard, everybody's allowed to bring their fruits in. I don't even understand why you're obligated. You're, if everybody had a right to be there, you're only obligated when your animal damages in a field that's somebody else's field. But this is not somebody else's field because the damager also had rights to bring their fruits there. No, 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 no. What do you mean? Listen to what we're saying, says Abaye. You had a right for fruit. But it could still be called to stay Acher for oxen. Somebody else's field. He said, not somebody else's field. You have a right to bring fruit. Says Abai, yes, it could be. It could be your field for the fruit and not your field for ox. It's not your house to put your feet on the table. It's your house to join us for the Shabbos Suda. It could be called somebody else's house in that way. Since it's not fit for be oxen, it's called, uh, it's called uh, stay Acher. Um, I went back up a line, I'm sorry. Same way these Bryce aren't arguing, it could be nobody's arguing, meaning maybe one's dealing with one Amira, let's say Rav Chistan, Rav Lazar. We, we thought they're arguing about if they both have permission to be there, whether they're obligated or not, right? Seems to be Machoikas. He says, maybe they're not arguing. Maybe the one who says that you're putter when you both have rights to be there is when everybody had a right to bring the ox. And the case where you're chayv is when one had a right to bring ox and one had a right to bring... Uh, is, is when you, yeah, is when you only had a right to bring food. What are you doing with your ox? Maybe that's the answer. Amalei says to him, and you could possibly explain it like that. Vim did flame rather pleaky, but... One approach is they're not even arguing. But if you're going to tell me they're arguing, you should know. They're going to argue over that specific question. Okay. Beautiful. Two dots. 
Kufa, a piece of a previously quoted b'risa. Arba klalis hayu Reb Shimon Elazar Omer ben Izakin. Reb Shimon Elazar gave four rules when it comes to damages. All right. Kol shehu reshus lenizik v'lay lemazik chayav bakol. We gave four rules. Remember that was the beginning of today's daf. Four rules when it comes to damage. Rule number one was any time the victim was allowed to be there, but the damager was not allowed to be there. We put we throw the book at the damager. First of all, you weren't allowed a beer. Secondly, you damaged. You weren't even invited to the party. Get out. He says... Pay, pay. No. Uh-huh. Get out. Yeah, get pay. out and pay. Yeah. Says the Gemara, Al-Hakol, Loikotoni. It says you're chayov bakol. You're chayov in everything. Says the Gemara. It doesn't say you're chayov on everything. It says you're chayov bikol. What does that mean? It means bikule nezek. You're obligated to pay the entire damage. Okay? Money. Whose opinion is this? Rabbi Tarfani. Damar meshuna keren bechatzar nezek nezek shalei mishalei. Even something which is not normal in, the, in, uh, in such a case, you're going to have to pay in full. Let's pause and just say this outside. It sounds complicated. It's not. And here's like this. What was our statement? The, the victim had a right to be there. The damager had no right to be there. So you have to pay bakol. What does that mean? All, All of it. One second. Isn't there a rule by Karen that if the animal's a tam, you pay half? If you would tell me you're chayav on everything that you would have otherwise had to pay, okay. But here chayav bikol means you're paying total value. Says Gemara... I get why we're going to obligate you, but what happened to the rules of goring oxen that you only pay half damage? Where'd that go? Out the window? Why are you going to pay full? Says the Gemara, Ema Seifa, but let's say then to the Brisa, we said, if neither party, either ox, had a right to be there, like a, a field privately owned, none of them are allowed to be there. Chayav al Hashem al Regal, you're obligated Hashem Regal. My lay lezev lay lezev, ilim lay lezev lay lezev. Klal, you don't need to pay at all. Ella da acher, but you got to pay. Let's say the owner of the field. That's not possible. Bino bibus de acher. You have to damage in somebody else's field. Velaka, yeah, it, it didn't happen in somebody else's field. We're not dealing with like you're damaged a third party. You're certainly not going to pay a party that you didn't damage. That's not a question. Ella, rather, Pshita, what's the case? What does it mean none of them had a right to be there? It means Ella Dechad. Okay? None of them, not this one, not that one, means not both. Now this is... It doesn't mean not either. Don't jump out of your skin, right? Right. It doesn't mean not <clears throat> both. It means one does have a right to be there. If it's a case where it wasn't to this one, but it was to the other one. That's how you're going to reinterpret those words. The Katani Seifa. And, the, and then the halacha would be, in this case, Tam Mishalim Chatzin Ezek, or Mur Mishalim Nezek Shalim. If it's a case of Tam, you'll pay half. If it's a Mur Dipin Nezek Shalim, that's from the opinion of the Rabbanon. The Omar Mishunah Karen Bechatzar Nezek. If an animal damages in an abnormal way in the, in the uh, domain of the Nezek, Chatzin Nezek Udu Mishalim, Reisha, Reptarfin, Vesef, Rabbonin. It's going to come out that the beginning of the price is Reptarfin, and the end is the Rabbonin, which generally we don't like to do. We don't like to say that a price is shifting authors mid 
Brysa. We like to give, we ideally like to have the Brysa be one specific author. Says the Gemara, okay, I get why you're uncomfortable with it, but that's the bottom line. That's how it is. In, it is, the beginning is Yiptarfin, the Sefer is the Rabbanon, the Ha'amar Le Shmuel, Rav Yehud, and I'll prove it to you, because Shmuel said to Rav Yehuda, Shinana, sharp one, Shavuk Masnison, leave the Mishnah, Vesah uh, Avasroi, and, and move on to the Brisa, Sefer, Reisha, Yiptarfin, Vesefer, Vesefer Rabbanon. The Taka, the, taka, the way to understand the Brisa is, the Reisha is Yiptarfin, and the Sefer is the, uh, the Sefer is the Rabbanon, and since Shmuel wanted to learn it that way, we're also going to learn that way. We're going to say the beginnings of Tarfin, and the end is the Rabbanan. Vina Mishmeh the Rav Amar Kula Reb Tarfini. Maybe the whole price is the opinion of Reb Tarfin. Umay Lelizev Lelizev. What does it mean not to this one and that one? See, what we do is changed it. Says Gemara, no, no, no. It means Lelizev Lelizev Leperes El Dechad Lelizev Shvart Gabi Shein Have Lechatzar Nizik Gabi Karen Have Lei Rishos Harab. The case is going to be one which we gave before that they both. One had rights to put their fruit. The other one had rights only for oxen, and his ox went in over there. So we say, as far as shame is concerned, when it damages in a way of pleasure, it's going to be considered the yard of somebody else. So you didn't have a right to bring your ox there. Your ox goes and damages somebody else's tomatoes who had a right to be there. You're going to be obligated in a way of shame because that yard is considered his yard, right? It's considered his place. But as far as Karen is concerned going to be considered a public domain because both of them had rights. Let's say it's a field where they both had rights to bring their oxen. So they both had rights to bring their oxen. Iba Reb Tarfan would agree that you're going to pay half damages. Says the Gemara, if that's taka the case, if that's the case of the Brisa, where <coughs> both of them had rights to bring oxen, but only one of them had rights to bring fruit, Arba, Shleishahave, we're back to three. Because the last one, is not a fourth rule, it's the same case as where they both had rights to be there. Because again, we said, rule number one is when the damager had right to be there. Rule number two, when the damagee had right to be there. Rule number three, when they both had rights to be there. And rule number four, we thought, was when they both didn't have right. But now we're reinventing that to say, no, 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 they both had right to bring oxen, just only one had a right to bring fruit. That's how we want to reinterpret the fourth case. Says the Gemara, that's strange. That's not really a fourth case. That's kind of the third case with a twist. Because also, they both had rights to bring oxen. Amar, Rav Nachma Yitzhak, Rav Nachma Yitzhak says, Top of Amad Beis, you're right, Shleish to Klalais, Barbab, It's really three specific rules, but applies in four different places. Okay, so that's the twist of the third. It's not directly a fourth. Period. End of that Gemara. Complete shift of conversation. Brand new Mishnah. Okay. Here we go. This Mishnah is going to teach us if I ever need to pay somebody back for damages, what can they collect from? Now let's explain why it's a basic but profound important thing to understand. What is value? What somebody is willing to pay for an item. That's it. So there really shouldn't be a difference between a tissue box and a dollar fifty. People buy tissue boxes for a dollar fifty. There shouldn't be a difference. Anything that has any sort of value, if you think about it, a bill, a bill, it itself 
What's it worth? I don't know. A few cents. A dollar bill? No, any bill. The paper, Shabai, the paper doesn't have value. It represents value. But it itself is nothing. It really, I never understood, maybe somebody could help me out, when I was a younger kid, coupon clipping. So the Sunday papers, you always you could always clip coupons. What did it say on the coupon? One twentieth of a cent. As a kid, I always wondered if I collect a hundred, would they give me five cents in the store? Like I was, you know, I never did it, but I, I, I like, why do you need to write that? I'm not sure. You ever have a, heard a svara for that? They, they always said one twentieth of a cent is the actual value, but it could be five dollars off a bag of diapers, or something. Well, they don't want you to come in a hondo. Or insist this is worth five dollars. I'm not going to buy the diapers. You hold on to the diapers. Where do you get right here? It's five dollars. Where do you get a twentieth of a cent? No, no, okay. worth nothing. Worth, worth going Maybe, to... but if you if you clip coupons your whole life and you take them back to the guy to, to the clip, can you demand a million dollars? Well, it was an expiration for twenty million uh, for uh, it's a two hundred million, two billion, whatever <laughs> coupons. There's often an expiration date. Okay, be it as it may, be it as it may. What gives value? There, if in a world of MS, in a world of MS, and you think at things truly what they're worth, there's zero difference between a box of tissues, cash, gold, silver. It's just a matter of what people are willing to pay for something. It's all relative. It's all relative value. So with that in mind, it's interesting that the Torah says that when you damage, you pay back b'metav. You pay back with, it has to be like high quality stuff. Right? We said a, by Nizikin you pay idias. Idias, superior quality land you collect from. It's like a chiddush, right? It's a chiddush. It, it's, it, it's interesting because superior quality, I mean, value is value. Okay? So let's get into the Mishnah. Shum kesef, shove kesef, bifnei bezden va'alpi edim. Okay. Shum kesef, when you pay by evaluated cost, evaluated value, estimated value. Shava kesef, with something that's worth money, if it's given the estimate in front of Bezdin and with witnesses, who are B'nai Chorin, who are regular Yidin, B'nai Bris, they're not Avadim, they're members of the, of the tribe, members of the covenant, Women also are included in all these halachas. It's a little cryptic the way this is written. But the same way a man's obligated to pay when he damages. And you're obligated to pay a man when he gets damaged. All these laws apply to women as well. A woman has to pay when she damages. A woman has to be paid when she gets damaged. Both the damager and the damagee are included in the payment. If you know what this mission is talking about, bless your heart. Okay? Again. Shum Kesef, assessing value. Shava Kesef is by, is by value of money. It has to be in front of a court with witnesses who are free, who are members of the covenant. Women are included. Both the damager and the damagee. Okay? Here we go. Says the Gemara. By the way, I just want you to look in Rashi. 
First thin line on the page. Look at Rashi. Everybody see it? Top thin line. Masnison, you see that? Shum Kesef says Rashi. Kula Masnison, Mavarish Bigamara, don't even try. Rashi's like, uh-uh, I've only got to wait. Sometimes Rashi will explain part of a Mishnah, something. He just says, Kula Masnison, Mavarish Bigamara. All right, let's get moving. All right, says the Gemara. We begin, we begin by saying, Shom Kesef. Estimating money. Says the Gemara, my Shom Kesef. What does that mean? Amar of Yehuda, Rav Yehuda says, Shom Kesef, uh, Shom Zeh, Lo Yehei Ela B'Kesef. How do we evaluate damage by money? That's how you evaluate. Tanina Laha Detonu Rabbanon. Because we learned in a brisa, parasha talis. If you have a a cow that damages a talis, or vitalis hezeka para, or a talis damages a para, okay. Now, how can a talis damage a para? Uh, anybody who's been in shul for a while understands. They asked of Shimon Schwab. There was a chassan. It's a well-known yeshiva shemaisa. It was a chassan who asked of Shimon Schwab. He was putting on his talis that morning. What heiliger kavana should he have when he puts on his talis? Rav Shimon Schwab famously told him, "Don't whip the guy behind you in the face." That's the heiliger kavanas. Talisim get caught on things. They get stuck. They get this. They get that. People could trip and it gets pulled. Then azay. So talisim could damage, right? Talisim could damage. Ain imrim teitzei parabatalis. We don't say. Oh, well, the talus damaged the para. Whatever was here that damaged, I should be able to take. The talus is what damaged. I should be able to take that. The talus bepara. It all goes by money. It's money. So if my talus damages your cow, you could come and demand money from me. You can't demand talus from me. Why would I think talus? Because the talus itself is what damaged. When I saw it, when I was learning through this Gemara, it's the first time, I mean, I've learned this Gemara before, it's the first time it dawned on me, something that my mother always, always guided us when it comes to Chinuch. Again, everybody's home is different, but this is something that I try to do when it comes to Chinuch. She said, never consequence your child in a way that has nothing to do with what they did wrong. So she guided us. Don't give a consequence if, it's, if it has nothing to do with what they did wrong. Okay? A kid misses curfew, so you give them a consequence that uh, what, they, can't eat the, they can't take a, a candy to school the next day. Shaykhis. Does it got to do with anything? A younger kid. A little kid at home. Yeah, is not listening. So how's the kid not listening? How's he not listening? So if the kid's not listening because he's grabbing his sister's stuff and throwing it at her face. So the consequence should be in relation to what they're doing. The consequence doesn't, it shouldn't be in a way that it's like, okay, you did that, you're grounded for four weeks. So do me throwing a baby. It's like your kid's not going to learn anything. Now sometimes maybe there's extreme measures and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving up sad. But she was guiding us as a general rule. The way to teach children is, is in a way that they can relate to what actually just happened. Okay? That's what I was thinking of when I saw this Gemara. The Gemara is Nemzon that I would think if a talus damages a cow, the talus itself should be restitution for the cow. 
I should be allowed to take that talus. It has to do with it. What's Shaykh's money? Shaykh's money. Says the, says the Gemara, Shum Kesef. When it comes to payment, it goes by monetary value. It doesn't go by the actual item. Then the, Bryce, then the Mishnah said, Shava Kesef. Okay, so now we know what assessing by value means. When I pay, what do you pay? Cash. Not by the exact item. Now, Shava Kesef. <clears throat> What's the value? The Torah of Baruch is Rabbi Zoran Soshui, Shava Kesef. When something has, has a value, Malami that teaches me, Shein Bezin, this Gokamel, Chosim, Sheishlam, Achrayis. Bezin doesn't involve itself with anything unless it has the possibility of being, having a lien on it. But let's say the Nizik, the damage, the victim goes ahead and grabs movable property. Bezdin Bezdin will take it back from him. Okay? So what does it mean, Shava Kesef? Shava Kesef means if I'm a victim and you owe me money, you know what I'm allowed to take? Real estate. And if I take something that's not real estate, Bezdin will go and take it away from you. Now the Gemara will explain, <coughs> excuse me, the Gemara will explain the parameters around this. There are parameters around this, but in general, what do you what can you go to court and demand payment from? Real property. Okay. So now let's go back to our mission. Shum Kesef means you pay with money. You got paid restitutions with money. Shava Kesef means through what? Land. Land. Let's keep going. Amar Mar, the Tanatodos, Shava Kesef, something that has value. Something that has value means land, says the Gemara. My mashma, where'd you get that from? What does Shavah Kesef mean, financial value? Phone, a table, a chair. Since when does land have more financial value than something else? Shavah Kesef means, usually you can read into the word and see something. Shavah Kesef value. Where does value apply to real estate over something else? Because we all... Excellent. Answers the Gemara. Omar Rabba Barula Dovar Hashava Lechol Kesef. It has to be something that is worth any amount of money to the person who pays for it. Okay, what does this mean? It means like this You buy a house for $50,000. You live in that $18,000. You live in that house for 60 years. That house is now worth $1.3 million. You go, you put on the market. Somebody says, one second, I'm looking at the previous uh, uh, purchase pr- uh, value. It said it was 18000 You know, there's a rule in the Torah, you can't charge more than a sixth. Or how about this? How about this? You live on, there's a better, it's not even a great example. Here's a better example. You live on a block where every house is selling between three and four hundred thousand. You're charging six hundred thousand. Somebody comes, they say, "Why is your house worth six? Because it's my house. Because it's my house, and that's what I want for it. It's not any more special than anybody else's house in the block. Okay, so don't buy it. But I need a house, so buy it. And they pay you six hundred grand. They go back and they say, "Uh, it was more than a sixth of the going rate." When it comes to real estate. There's no, there's no I know on real estate. It's whatever people pay for it. When it comes to movable property, you could demand it back. You could. If they charge more than a sixth on movable property, if they char- if extra, it, the, the tire doesn't allow such a thing. But by real estate, that simply doesn't apply. It doesn't apply. Because real estate has different values, different things. The different people, 
and for one person it's going to be worth, you, you can mamish buy something today for $10,000, somebody needs it tomorrow, they'll pay you $10 million. If, if it's going to net them $100 million, they'll pay you, you don't know. It's, not, it's simply not called a no. That's what Rabbi Bar Ula is saying. You know what Shove Kesef means? It means Dovar Hashove Kol Kesef. Something that's worth any value. Dovar Hashove Kol Kesef. You can't, you don't look at a piece of real estate and say that's worth 50 grand. You could say that could be sold right now for 50 grand. But there's no value on real estate. There's value on movable property. Mamish. Very Chashev. There's no value on real estate. That's Shava Kesef. Shava Kesef means it's worth all the money in the world. A guy will show up and offer you a billion dollars for it. It's a billion dollars. Shava Kol Kesef. That's what it means. Rabba Bar Ula. Yeah. He's Ula's son? Yes. Says the Gemara. My Nihu Dabar Shava Kol Kesef. Says the Gemara. My Nihu Dabar She'en Lo'i Oino. So now, says Igbar, what are we dealing with a case that does not have, uh, in, in what way is it worth everything? That there's no Aina. There's no extra sixth on land. Says Igbar, well, you should know, land's not the only thing that doesn't have the sixth rule added six. It also applies to Avadim and also documents. If somebody signs on something or somebody's willing to pay something, so these also should be called Shava Kesef. It also could be worth any, uh, any value. It's something that's acquired through money. So it has to be real estate plus worth any money. The two of them. Those also acquire with money. He says, no. We're, land is something that's worth money but isn't itself money. Those other cases are money. Why is it called money? Because again, what's money? Money is a representation of value. So I take money out of my pocket. Okay, I take money out of my pocket. Here. This is not really $20. This represents $20. When you buy an Eved for $10,000, is that body worth $10,000? No. He represents a value of other work that could come in at $10,000. Same thing as a document. Thereby, an Eved and a Shtar function like money. They function like money. They're here to represent other value. So, Shava Kesef though, something that's not money, but is worth all money, that's what it means, Karka. The bottom line is, Ravashi is coming to explain why, when the Mishnah says Shava Kesef, it's referring strictly to real estate. Okay. Says the Gemara, Rami Ilei Rabbi Yudabarchina, Lerab Huna, Breda Rabbi Yeshua, Tanavi learned in Rabbi Yisham, Shove Kesef, something that is worth all the money, Malami Shem Bezin is, Kakim Ela, Chazim Shem Shem Bezin only takes payment from real property, Valtari Lerab Yisham, Yashiv, you need to give restitution, the Rabbi Shove Kesef, which applies anything of value, Vafilu Subin, even Bran, there's a question we asked uh, earlier in the Masechta, even Bran, why are you telling me only the Bezin only collects from real property? It's not true. Somebody doesn't own real estate and they need to pay. Bezin's not going to take from whatever they have. Says the Gemara, you're right. Hachem Ayaskinon Biasmi. We're dealing with Yisayimim. When it comes to Yisayimim, the Allah Taka is, you're not, you're not going to take brain. You're not going to take anything. It's only with real property that the Yisayimim 
that the uh, minor orphans inherited. Ibi asmi imasefa says one second. If now we're dealing with minor orphans, say the end of the brisa. In kodam nizik v'tapas matad. Let's say the damaged party came. Uh, I owe you three hundred dollars. Rabban, my axe damaged you three hundred dollars. You're like, give me the money. I'm like, yeah, later. Give me the money. Later. Give me the money. Later. You walk into my house and you take something worth three hundred dollars. Okay, You're like, listen, this is my payment. I get in tug. Have a wonderful day. Okay, let's say the damaged party came and took whatever value they were owed. Bezin goyvlam him. Bezin will take it back from him. Bezin will take it back. One second. Ibi asmein. If we're dealing with orphans, am I bezin goyvlam Why is bezin going to take it back? The bottom line is, even if it's taken, it should be. Um, even if it's taken by the lender, it stays by the orphans. If we're dealing with orphans, that that halacha of the price is not going to make any sense. You can't take back from orphans. Correct. Correct. If a, it means like this, if a father borrowed money and passes away, the orphans inherit. The lender cannot go and take movable property from the orphans' inheritance. He can only deal with real estate. He can't take uh, movable property. And even if he takes it, we'll take it back. Says the Gemara. I'll tell you a case where this could work. Let's say. The lender lent the father um, five hundred dollars. The father says later, 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 later. The creditor goes and takes movable property from the father while he's alive. Then the father passes away. Okay, so Hachanami Shatafas Michayim. He'll here we're dealing with a case where he grabbed it while um, while he was away. Now, since he was, if you take it while the. Um, Alive. Yeah, if you take while the father's alive, so then we say we allow the lender to take it. Okay, we we allow you to hold on to it. If the father's no, if the father's not around, you're not allowed to take it from from the assignment. This, the Gemara is not going to get into this right now, but this is actually entering a fascinating area that we're going to get into. and it's very practical. It's a very practical halacha, which is the rights that a person has to take back something that they know for a fact is rightfully theirs, even when Bezdin can't help them. Even when... Bezdin can't help them. It's a fascinating conversation. If I steal something from you, and there's no witnesses, you know it's sitting on my dining room table. You know it's yours. There's no witnesses. Bezdin's not going to side with you. I'm like, it's not yours. Your rights to go and collect that which is yours that I'm holding on to. It's a fascinating sugi. It's a fascinating, fascinating conversation. You could or could you? You're allowed to. You're not. Yeah, good. yeah. A person's allowed to take din in his own hands. Yeah. If you if you if you know for a fact, there's a risk involved if you're wrong. There's a risk involved if you're wrong. If you know something's yours. Okay, but if you find a way to do it, if you find. It, the Gemara is going to get into fascinating cases where you find you find shtick, you find shtick. You ask, you ask one of your friends to borrow it from him, and then once your friend has it, you go and you grab it. Right? You're allowed to take din into your. There's times you're, your mom. You're allowed to take din if you know for a fact. You're right. You're allowed to take din into you your own. And make your own assessment. Well, this is of equal value. Yeah, that's that's something else. I'm not dealing here. I'm dealing with where something was seized and its mom is yours. Somebody borrows a lawnmower and never gives it back. You know it's in the garage. 
you're allowed to go into the garage and take it back. Ah, you have no right being on their property. Neither does my lawnmower, so I'm, t- I'm going to take it off. <laughs> right? It's a, but it's a, it's really it's a there's nuances to it, but it's a fascinating uh, it's a fascinating sugya. Bifnei bezin, you do this in front of uh, bezin. That's the next part of the mishnah. What does it mean? This excludes a case where somebody sells his property and then goes um, to Bezdin. So in such a case, Bezdin's not going to, to uh, uh, help the guy out because it's no longer in the damager's uh, possession. Okay, So I damage your, your ox and I sell my land. Bezdin's not going to go first and take land that I sold. That you see, if somebody borrows money and then sells his property, the bezin, and afterwards shows up the bezin, ain't bezin going like behem? Bezin won't collect. Now, this says the Gemara, but we know this isn't true. Remember, we learned already in the Masechta. If I lend you something, you have my property, you have a lien on my property. If I go and sell my property, what can you do? Go to the buyer. Go to the buyer. And then I have to reimburse the buyer. Says Gemara, so what do you mean that bezin doesn't allow? Sold property, it sure does. We do allow the borrower to go to sold property. Says more, you're right. What it means is, what does it mean? Al bezdin. It means ella prat the bezdin It's excluding a bezdin of people who are who do not have smicha. Uh, okay, a bezdin of uh, people that do not have smicha in general are not allowed to judge cases of damages. You can judge other cases. You can make a bezdin to remove a vow. They make a, a bezdin possibly even for gerus, for conversion, but uh, or or other things. When it comes to damages, there's there's uh, the the laws of damages have a different area of smicha of dayanis than they would otherwise. So in order, what, what does it mean that befne bezdin? What's unique? What do you mean? It's got to be done in court. It didn't make any sense for the Mishnah. The Gemara says what it means is in court. It means that it has to be a properly ordained. Court when it comes to the laws of financial damages. Al P. Adim, it also has to be with witnesses. This excludes a case where he ad, uh, admits to a fine and then Adim comes, Shehu Potter. He's going to be Potter. This is a, a general rule that we know. If you admit to a fine, you just pay up, but you're going to be Potter. It's understandable. There's one opinion that says you're Potter. Let's say I admit to a fine. And then witnesses show up telling me that I need to pay. So some say, you're chayev. You actually need to pay. Because it's the witnesses here that are giving us the information, not you. You could say, Michael, what are you going to say? Mars says, Seifa, Shrichalei. It will take me the end of the Bishno, which says, B'nei Chayr, B'nei Bris. In order to be obligated, you need to be B'nei Chayr, free and B'nei Bris. B'nei Chayr, Lamute Avadim. Free means to exclude, uh, to exclude an Ever Kenani. And Bnei Bris, the Mutei Avikachav, Bnei Bris coming to exclude non-Jews. Utsricha, I need to exclude both an Ever Kanani and a non-Jew. It's two distinct categories. Why? Yashmina Ever, if I would have said that an, an Ever Kanani cannot be a witness, so wouldn't I say that an Ever Kanani, what's his status? He's like part Jewish. He has some mitzvahs, right? So if an Ever Kanani can't function as a witness, I would think for sure a complete non-Jew can't be an aide. Says Mar, no. Mishum de inlo yachas. Because in Ever, does it not consider to have any yichas. yachas, but a nachri who has yichas, a malay. I would say that, um, that uh, there's no, um, there's no issue of being a witness. And let me explain. 
How does a guy have yichus? Has a guy yichus? It's like this. A guy is yichus because there are certain averis in the Torah. For example, when it comes to arayas, forbidden relations, a son and a mother are considered mother and son, even amongst the non-Jews. It's considered incest. Uh, other examples that are the Mefarshim give, somebody curses out his father. It's considered yichus over there. Okay, and if I would have given him a case no question. I would say that he could be an Abe, Therefore, Tricha, I got to list both cases and tell me that both an Avakanani and an and an both an Avakanani and a Oved um, a regular non-Jew, both of them cannot serve as Adam. Okay, we'll hold it here at the two dots special tomorrow. We'll pick up nine thirty a.m. with Daf Tesvav at the two dots. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.